there. Now, look, it's not a rivalry amongst the guys. No. It's a rivalry amongst well, the fans. Always. The New York Jets are light years better than the New York Giants. This game should not be competitive. And I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, the winner of this game keeps their season alive. The New York Giants stink. They're a bad football team on both sides of the ball, and they can no longer trust Gano like a year ago to make every kick he attempts. The New York Jets should win this game by double digits, and anything less than that, frankly, is unacceptable. And we're back, fresh off of a bye, emotional win. It's the Jets White Podcast, Jake and Lorenzo tonight. In tonight's episode, will be brought to you by our good friends over at Underdog Fantasy. And you guys know the drill by now. You download the Underdog app today, and new customers can get their first deposits fully matched up to $100 using promo code JETSWAY. Must be 18 years or older in New York, New Jersey, and present. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-877-HOPE-NY and visit www.ncpgambling.org. Bro, big game. Big game coming up against the Giants. Very, very big game. I mean, right now we're three and three. Um, the Bills played tonight and, and they also lost last week, which is huge for us. But, you know, the, the division is there for us. Miami doesn't look super hot against uh, the, these big time teams. So if we can come out four and three against a division rival game, I, I, like you said, must win. Um, that'll be huge for us. As you mentioned, the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey is expected to play on Sunday and make his season debut. For the Miami Dolphins, should be interesting. Miami, obviously, without Xavier Howard in that game on Sunday night against the Eagles, and also without Jalen Ramsey, obviously, who they haven't had all year. So, look, injuries are no excuse. And there's no football team that knows that injuries are no excuse more than the Jets. There's no team that has been more injured than the Jets. I don't care about the numbers. Obviously, when you lose your quarterback after four plays into the season, you go from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. It can't get much worse than that. On the injury front, and dude, Speaking of the injury front, is Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed playing this week? They practiced in full today. They were limited yesterday. They still haven't cleared the concussion protocol. What's going on here? Yeah, it, the process kind of confused me because I think yesterday we all saw that they haven't, you know, the message that, that it, they didn't clear and we were, I was a little bit more concerned, but the fact that they practiced in full and still haven't cleared the concussion protocol, I'm not sure like what more they need to do, <laughs> but uh, practicing in full today at least shows a good sign that they'll play. So I, I think I think they'll end up playing. I don't know. I think it seems like they will play, but it's it, like, what's going on here? It's a month for DJ Reed. He's still not clearing the concussion protocol, and Sauce Gardner was out there having a catch with Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. He was at the Twitchathon or whatever the hell that is uh, over, the, over the bye week. Let's go. Let, let, let's go. Why do we have to sweat this out all week if you're solid? Uh, come on. Let's get these guys back. It looks like Eccles will be back ready to play. It doesn't look like Joe Tittman will be ready to play. But look, I thought Joe Tittman would be out for the year. So the fact that he's not on IR is a pretty good sign, I guess. I mean, we have been there before with Dwayne Brown where, OK, he might play on Sunday, even though he didn't practice all week. And then he's on IR 24 hours later after the coach said something. But Brown's not out for the year. He just missed the four, will be five games. He'll be activated next week. He better be a backup. He cannot start at left tackle, and obviously he hasn't played right tackle before. Uh, during the during the trade deadline, the Jets really have to go out there and get themselves a guard slash center because if something were to happen to Connor McGovern, I guess Wes Schweitzer would play center, and then maybe Max Mitchell would play guard, and Billy Turner would play tackle. I know they were talking about today how I think Heath Carter, the run game coordinator, said that 
Mitchell and Turner are taking reps at guard. That can't happen. We need somebody in here with a lot of starts, not a lot of starts, but at least some type of starting experience on the interior of the offensive line that preferably could play both positions in a pinch. So uh, the Jets are definitely thin in that area, and so are the Giants coming into this game. The Giants are a little bit beat up. Hopefully Andrew Thomas doesn't play. I'm sorry, but hopefully he takes another week off here. Saquon Barkley looks like he'll play. John Michael Schmitz, the center, is coming back. It looks like he will play. Evan Neal looks like he'll be back this week. The Giants are getting healthier. And with Tyrod Taylor and Saquon Barkley, there's no doubt. They look like a different football team now. Yeah. Uh, listen, I I don't know if you said this on air, but yeah, I remember you texting me a couple of weeks ago. Like, I would rather face Daniel Jones than, than Tyrod yeah. Taylor. And after what I've seen uh, over the past couple of games from him, I can uh, I definitely agree. I mean, he's getting the ball out quick, man. And, you know, this offense looks a little, a little bit better. And frankly, they were they were one play away from beating the Bills. So, um, no, this isn't this is no easy game. Um, and like you said, they're getting healthier. So I, I still I still think the Jets defensive front will have their way with the Giants O line. I, and I, I mean, we must. Uh, but we also have to contain Tyrod to make sure he's not, you know, rushing all over the field and, and things like that. Similar to how we, we did that against Hertz. Yeah, Tyrod doesn't quite move around the way he used to. Back in the day, he's 34 yeah. years of old, so that's obviously to be expected. But look, I'm terrified about this game, man. Everything tells me that the Jets should win this game, but we've seen this movie before with this Jets franchise, right, where they come off an emotional win, they come out flat. Off of a bye, they've never looked good out of a bye, especially not under Salah the first two years. So that needs to change. And also, just on paper, man, the Jets have more talent than the Giants. So you can go up and down the list. And we had this conversation a few weeks ago, uh, you know, me, me and a few of my buddies. But if you were to merge both teams, what positions are you taking from the Giants? I get it. You can come at me with all the jokes about the quarterback all you want. But outside of, like, Andrew Thomas and, like, Xavier McKinney, what – where – you see what I'm saying here? Like, the Jets have the better players here. The Jets have the advantage in the interior – the Jets have the advantage at the skill position players. The Jets can run the ball better with Brees Hall. By the way, I'm expecting a monster game from Brees Hall. This just screams Brees Hall takeover, carry the Jets to a victory on Sunday and a little bit of a sloppy game. But look, man, they should win, but we've seen it where they just don't win these games that they should win, and they're favored for the first time all year. This could be the only time they are favored, even though I did a little bit of a look ahead. The Chargers game next week, the Chargers are a one and a half point favorite. I guarantee you, if the Jets win this game the way that they should win this game on Sunday, the Jets are probably the favorite on Monday night against the Charger team that I think they they might have a new head coach if they lose against the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. Brandon Staley, I think, would be out the next day with a little bit of an extended week. So, uh, it, look, man, big stretch coming up for the Jets. None of it matters if you cannot beat the Giants on Sunday. If you fail to beat the Giants on Sunday – we are we're, we're in trouble, man. That that would just be a major gut wrenching, just awful moment. It would be last year times a trillion when we lost to New England out of the bye ten to three, and we saw the worst quarterback play I think I've ever seen in my life. So it can't happen again if you're solid. Just it, it cannot happen again. Yeah, I agree, and I, I kind of view this similar to how I viewed the uh, the Broncos game a couple weeks ago. Obviously, the Broncos and Giants are two different teams, but you know. It was like, oh, there's the Broncos and then it's the Chiefs and the Eagles. We were always looking ahead and like, you know what? Let's just take it one game at a time. Um, and yeah, man, listen, three, uh, four and three is a lot better than uh, three and four, especially in this AFC. It's everybody's kind of in the same um, the same place record wise. But I, I definitely agree, man. Listen, we we have a lot of talent on this team. And, and you know, um, Wink Martindale is going to blitz. 
a lot on Sunday. So we have to be prepared for that. Quick passes, screenplays, things like that to really, really, really negate the blitz. That's probably my biggest concern is the blitz coming at Zach and him not really knowing what to do, honestly. And then them really taking away Brees Hall. Zach's going to have to make a play or two in this game, I think, in order for us to win. And also, look, we struggle with the – and I get it. We played great this year against the upper echelon of quarterbacks with, obviously, Mahomes, Allen, Jalen Hurts. But we struggled. Uh, look, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, Mac Jones didn't do anything against us. I got news for you, bro. Mac Jones moved the football against us. The Patriots were moving the ball. And if it wasn't for a few drop passes by the running backs out of the backfield, like that game could have looked entirely different than it did. So we struggle, it seems like, against these dink and dunk check down Charlies because when you only send like three or four guys, all you got to do is just get that ball into space to somebody and you're going to pick up yards. And that that's the type of team that we struggle against. And that's what Tyrod Taylor is going to do. He's not going to do the fancy dancy stuff that these other quarterbacks who shut down this year do, right? He doesn't have the flair for the dramatics, but what does he know how to do? He knows how to make the simple throws look simple. And he's not going to turn the football over and put it in harm's way like these other guys could because they have obviously more playmaking ability. Tyrod will take what the defense gives him. And if we don't send the blitz like we didn't against Mac Jones and Dak Prescott, where's the blitz in both of those games? We we could be in for a little bit of a letdown here defensively because they're going to get that ball out quick. So you got to send the blitz, send the blitz. And they don't have the offensive line to protect them, even if Andrew Thomas comes back and play. I, I know Andrew Thomas makes them a better team, but still, I want to see the blitz and you should be getting your corners back this week, too. There's no reason not to put a little hot sauce on this one. Yeah, definitely got to mix it up, um, especially in those defensive coverages. Um, I feel like we did that a, a lot against uh, the Eagles as well. Um, I know J Jermaine Johnson um, kind of played like a hybrid role, if you will, um, which I noticed. But yeah, man, I definitely agree. Got to change up the looks. And and listen, Tyrod will he, – he might not be the uh, the best quarterback in the league, but he will definitely make, like you said, the the simple plays um, and the easy throws. So um we, we just got to mix things up. But hopefully, man, hopefully we have these cornerbacks because I, I really don't want to go through another game with 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 Craig James, I, even though he did play well. Um, I, I don't want to go through another another game with those guys. I definitely agree with you there. And look, Darren Waller needs to be spotlighted by this team. I want to see Sauce Gardner. I get it. done. They're never going to do it. But at least in some pivotal situations here, let's have Sauce cover Tyrod Taylor's favorite target, which is Darren Waller. You have to respect the speed of Jalen Hyatt. But still, Waller is the pass catcher for the Giants. And obviously, shutting down Saquon Barkley. The Giants are a different team with Saquon Barkley in the lineup. So it would behoove the Jets to know where he is at all times because he can make things happen, obviously, in the pass game as well. Definitely looking forward to this. This is a big test for the defense. I know on paper this is a game the defense should dominate, but this will show me that things are really changing around here because we don't want to be a team that plays down to our competition. It needs to be the same consistent effort week in and week out because this team, they need to string wins across the board in order to make the playoffs. You're not going to make the playoffs going nine and eight this year, in my opinion. I think you need to go 10, uh, 10 and seven at least because the AFC has got some big hitters in there, man. And look, if, if you're looking at a roadmap for the rest of the year, I don't want to look ahead, but obviously it starts with the Giants. I don't see a scenario where we get in if we don't beat the Giants. Obviously things could change. You never know any given Sunday in this league, but this team will have to go seven and four the rest of the way. So in order for us to go seven and four, in my opinion, you need to beat the Giants and you need to beat the Patriots. And you probably have to take a game from the Dolphins or the Bills in there in order to do that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I definitely think the the way this team is constructed at this given moment, we can beat anybody in this league as we've you know, shown the past couple of weeks. But 
um yeah man just gotta take it one game at a time and and really really hope for the uh the injury luck there because that's really the only thing um that that, that can deter the deter this team but man i'm excited for the game on sunday um i i really just need zach wilson to uh not turn the ball over because at times against the blitz he, he really struggles um and, and we saw in that patriots game um not only this year but the previous years as well he he really struggled at times with um recognizing the blitz so hopefully he, hopefully he learned and you know they'll be disguising them. That, that I'm telling you, that's the biggest concern. But look, on that note, I have a surprise for the audience tonight. I have a surprise for you as well. I'd like to welcome the producer of the Jets Way podcast and my good buddy, Mr. John Kaywood. All right, so l- l- let's cut around the uh, the chit-chat here. How you feeling about this game on Sunday? Good. I mean, this is the easiest opponent we've played yet. So I, didn- I haven't checked on the line Oh, uh, you're just you're, you're you're giving us the kiss of death right here. I gotta <laughs> okay. stop you. I gotta stop All you right. right there. All right, you, you are you are, you you are like the freaking angel of death <laughs> that just swooped in here. You 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 fine. have no you know concern. What? Okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll I'll reverse jinx it. This is gonna be a tough game. This is gonna be <laughs> so now Ty you're Rod, waffling. The Tyrod Taylor revenge game. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath. I mean, I would hate to be a Jet fan in MetLife Stadium come uh, Sunday and walking out of there with the tail between our legs after we lose to the lowly Giants. I mean, this is the get right game for them, and uh, I think it'll solidify. I, I think Andrew Thomas is coming back. I mean, oof, I think uh, we're gonna have our hands full. <laughs> All right, so let's let's backtrack here. You really feel that good? Yeah, I feel I feel that good. I mean, I, I I don't see why you shouldn't based off of the way we've been playing up against really good opponents. Maybe, you know, I think we've talked about it a lot, how you have concerns with the coaching staff and how sometimes we play down to people a little bit. You saw that in the first half of the Denver Broncos game where we could have pulled away maybe a little bit. So could I see it being a lot closer than – you know, the blowout that people are throwing around. I know Carton was saying, uh, I know he was our intro for today's podcast and he thinks it's going to be a shellacking, but I, I, you know, this is the NFL. They're all professional athletes out there and who knows, maybe the Giants could put a game plan together to beat the Jets, but I, I just don't see it. Mr. Kaywood, it's been, it's been a while. Yes. Nice to see you, Lo. It's nice to see you as well, man. Um, I wanted to ask because a big player on the Jets this year is Mr. Bryce Huff. And I, I feel like you were the uh, the leader of the Bryce Huff like fan club years back. So I just want to hear your thoughts on like his progression and into becoming a, a really a key player for this team and a starter. Um, I've talked about it before. I think the rotation that this defensive line has, I think that's what propels a guy like Bryce Huff to with the speed, with that leverage that he has as kind of being a smaller body uh, for someone coming off the edge. He's not like a Miles Garrett per se, or a Micah Parsons even where he's just this physical beast. He is definitely more jacked than me and, and in good shape. But at the same time, I think that speed that he brings as kind of like a closer um, is unmatched in the NFL right now. You see the the pressure rates that he gets up there with, um, you know, higher, higher than those guys that I just mentioned. So he's been a day. One, I've been a day one on 
the Bryce Huff train. I, I got his jersey as my <laughs> Raven jersey that. of the year two years ago. I tweeted at him, and he was like, much appreciated, bro. He he loved it. And Did he uh, actually? Yeah, he liked it. He liked the tweet when I tweeted it at him. So. Okay, so he liked the tweet. He didn't say, like, appreciate you, bro. No, he commented, too. He commented, appreciate you, bro. Awesome. I didn't know yes. that. So, um, yeah, always, I'm, he's, he's, I'm a ride or die Bryce Huff guy, and uh, that kind of rhymes. So he's going to probably get after it, too. I don't know what side of the line he's going to – it doesn't really matter what side of this off, uh, offensive line for the Giants he lines up on. But, I mean, for Andrew Thomas to be coming back to this buzzsaw of a defensive line, I mean, good luck. Good luck, sir. That's a well, tough pass. Well, John, it, the, the thing that Jet makes the Jets pass rush so effective, I think, is – and look, a credit to the coaching staff as well because this goes hand in hand – is they come at you in waves. And I think that they do a good job of keeping their guys fresh for the fourth quarter when games are obviously getting a lot tighter and you need to make a big play to kind of shift momentum. And if you're a team like the Jets where you really don't have the ability to blow teams out, these games that you win are probably going to come down to the fourth quarter – the Jets can make those plays on third downs, especially to get off the field. And we know we're not really doing that much in the first quarter, but that needs to change. But that's a whole nother conversation. But they have a lot of variety in their pass rushes, right? They have guys that are speed to power. They have guys that are just straight up power. Even their guys on the interior can give you a little something in the pass rush department. Quentin Jefferson's done a great job. Quentin Williams, we hope at some point, will get his first solo sack of the season. Maybe it would be this week because the Giants guards are pretty putrid. So this is a game where... Quinton Williams, if you're not dominating from start to finish, I'm sorry, but what exactly are we paying you $26 million to do? It's just, it's just that simple. So I think they come at you in waves, man. I'm I'm not worried about the Jets not getting pressure on Tyrod Taylor. It's their, And they've made adjustments all year. And th- th- this is obviously something that the staff has done a good job of. It's if they're just getting that ball. It's just like the opening drive, and I can just see it right now. It's just dink, 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 big run big run and before you know it the giants it's first and goal and they, they they open up the game with a touchdown we're down seven nothing it's just we've seen this before and what would really show me that they're obviously changing things is the three and out to start the game let's mm-hmm. let's set the tone and how about we come out with the lead to start the game so we don't give the giants any glimmer of hope that they can win this football game on sunday For yeah sure. i think i i think that's what i'm looking forward to i think we've been looking for it all year just starting a game out maybe on offense and maybe with a lead like two things i would love to see um is it probably going to happen maybe not but you know one can only hope and how about the quarterback john on sunday do you think he's going to show up ready to play oh i think this is the easiest test he's had to date since he's been thrown <laughs> into the fire once again listen if you want me to be i'm being objectionable here i'm i'm the giants are the giants the race to, tw- I think the first team to score 20 points in this game wins the game. So, I mean, I think Zach Wilson can do that. Can he not? And, you know, you talk about how bad this Giants offensive line is, the two guards. Looking at the injury report, limited practice for basically the rest of the offensive line for the Giants. John Michael Schmidt, shoulder, limited in practice this week. Evan Neal, limited in practice this week with an ankle. Andrew Thomas still, he's still coming back from that hamstring. So he's been limited too. Uh, you know, and then their their weapons. Waller's been dinged up a little bit. He's he's got a hamstring thing he's dealing with. 
Saquon now with the elbow, it was it was ankle early in the season. Now he's dealing with an elbow. He's been limited in practice. So the race to 20 points, Zach can get us to 20 points. I'm I'm assuming he can last time I checked, he can hand the ball to Brees Brees Hall. So that's a that's a check in the in the good box. And I think he can make some of the plays that we're gonna look for. I think he plays better at home than he does on the road. So and I know this is a road game, but it's going to be a lot of Giants, uh, Jets fans in the building too. So, I agree with what you said. I do think, though, if I don't see both teams scoring 20 points, but let me stop you right there. The Jets cannot do run, run, pass every single drive. They are going to have to make the Giants respect what Zach Wilson can do. Or, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to be pretty positive here, but play action passes on first down will be huge. I, can, I'm I'm done saying, can we let this kid be a, a running quarterback and can we have some design runs? Obviously, that ain't happening. Uh, it would make a lot of sense, but it's a battle that I think I'm going to lose. So, you know what? On the contrary, how about we just roll the kid out and make plays with play action where they're expecting a handoff dive to Brees Hall up the middle. You know what? Let's try throwing the ball down the field off the jump to Garrett Wilson. The, this kid's got a really good arm. He throws a nice deep ball, Zach Wilson. The couple times that they've let him throw in the ball deep this year, he's connected with Garrett Wilson, right? So how about if we saw it, the, the one time they really let him throw the ball down the field against the Eagles was on the five-yard line, and he threw about 40 yards to Garrett Wilson. So I would love to see that to start the game and try to keep the Giants off balance because, look, they're just expecting Brees Hall to get fed, 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 but there's ways to get Brees Hall the ball that don't involve necessarily handing off to him up the middle. How about using him as a, as a pass catcher out of the backfield, right? Where yeah. it's not just screens. You could check it down to Brees and have him get yards after the catch. You could have simple play action plays where Brees goes out of the backfield and he's ready to catch a pass. An easy completion to get Zach in a rhythm and get him some confidence early in the game. That's what the staff needs to be doing. Let's get these tight ends involved off play action, right? Against the Chiefs, they did an excellent job of that. We even saw Zach learn from a bad mistake that he made inside the goal line on Sunday where he got sacked by Hassan Reddick. But you know what? The same exact situation occurred of the following drive. And Zach was able to check it on down to Jeremy Ruckert for a 10-yard gain. It's little stuff like that that the staff needs to do, not in the second half, but out the jump in the first quarter. We need to get off. If this team gets off to a fast start, forget it, man. Then we can send the blitz, and then the Giants, they're going to be on their heels, man. The Giants are not a team that's built to come back from a, a deficit. They're not. So if we get out in front of them, but if we let them hang around here and it's a close game and it's a possession here and a bounce there, we're looking at a ball game here. So that's why, until I see this football team get off to some consistently fast starts, I can't feel great about not just playing the Giants. It's it's not feeling great about anybody, honestly. You look at the schedule, yeah, sure, these are winnable, winnable games here, but we could also lose these games. That's why they need to start doing these things better, because the way they've been winning, yes, it's been great they've been winning. It was awesome beating the Eagles. It was awesome beating the Bills opening night. We should have beat the Chiefs. I hear all that. It was not a sustainable way of winning. They got to start doing these things, and that starts with starting off fast and scoring touchdowns inside the red zone. Yeah, I, th I think that was perfectly said. And and frankly, a lot of these games that we've won, like you said, they could have been L's. So um, obviously we'll take the wins. But one thing, at least the adjustments I want to see made is, is just during the red zone or during the gold zone, according to Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> because – over the past couple of games, it has been absolutely terrible. I mean, thank God for Tony Adams um, uh, catching that interception because we could have been having a lot different talk right now if he didn't. That was a, a game we lost, and we we were 0, 0 for 5 in the, in the red zone. And the defense gave us plenty of opportunities to score touchdowns, and we got to capitalize 
um, it, off of that. We, we were close to flushing that right down the tubes with our poor play in the red zone. I think also, yes, look, the execution has not been great. We keep seeing the all, all 22 film of guys open in the red zone, but Hackett needs to learn that Zach is not a guy that, look, timing, anticipation, throwing with feel, that's not Zach's game, especially in the red zone where the field is shortened up and you have less time to process everything. Zach is a guy that has to go off script a little bit. You kind of have to get a little bit more creative with some runs to set him up for success. You need to split the field in half because he'll never be a pocket passer. I want to see more play action inside the red zone, especially on first. They run it every first down inside the 20. Up the, It's up the middle or to the freaking left. That's all they do every first down. Have it a play action pass here, right? Or maybe even a screen pass because you know they're sending pressure, especially inside the 20. They want to stop the run at all costs because they're just daring us to throw the football inside the 20. How about a creative end around? I know they did that to Xavier Gibson last week, and Gibson is hopefully healthier off of the bye. And it doesn't look like Randall Cobb will play this week either. So we'll probably see more of Xavier Gibson. So it's just the creativity by Hackett. And Hackett's done a good job this year. I'm not getting on him at all. I know I've defended him countless times on this program when a lot of Jet fans get on him. But look, the circumstances we've we've gone over countless times, but inside the red zone, it's got to get more creative. You got to dig deeper into the playbook here because what you're doing right now is clearly not working. So if you do something else, what do you have to lose here? And I understand they probably think, well, look, we don't want to have any mistakes inside the red zone. So we'll take three instead of seven, excuse me, three instead of nothing. But still, you gotta you gotta do these things to win sustainably in the NFL. These opponents and look, we've been forcing what nine turnovers the last two games or something pretty absurd like that. It, it's not sustainable. So they gotta dig deep for us to score these touchdowns. All right, because we're leaving ourselves no room for error. If they start converting these touchdowns, man, we are cruising the rest of the game. Then you could run the clock out with Brees Hall. Then you could play field position. Then you could do all that. But threes don't hurt. Sevens do. And we've seen Bill Belichick, all the great teams he's led, right? He would gladly trade field goals with you all day because he knew eventually his quarterback was going to score a touchdown. And that's the issue the Jets are going to run into if they don't figure out this issue in the red zone. I think a bold prediction, bold prediction alert, Jeremy Ruckert is going to have a red zone touchdown this weekend. I think so. I think it's about time the Jeremy Ruckert uh, show started. And I you know, maybe if it's not him, it's another tight end. But you know, Zach has comfortability with his tight ends, Tyler Conklin, Uzama. Sometimes, if when he when he wants to catch a ball. Um, but I think to your point, that is what's going to have to be done. You got to get it done in the gold zone. Gold zone, and um, I I think the big tight ends are the way to kind of unlock that in the beginning, and then you can get creative with Gibson and other gadget kind of fun plays as well to get in. I think Garrett scores on Sunday. He's overdue. Mm -hmm. One one thing I will add just after the bye week, um, and, and like you said, I would love to see more Jeremy Ruckert, more Gibson, um, instead of the guys like Cobb and um, Uzama, because I mean, I, I think CJ, um, CJ, um, Ruckert has played a lot of good football this year, has has had a lot of key blocks and even some nice catches. So I would love to see more of him and, and Gibson as well. I think Cobb is his best days are. Are behind him, <laughs> and um, we we got to start using some guys with speed. You'll yeah, get your similar, wish. Similar to that play in the Patriot game when they had this primarily blocking tight end go out for that little delay block pass into that 
little empty zone and he scored the touchdown. I don't even know what the guy's name is. He's a practice squatter. I think it's like Pharaoh Brown or something like that. Was yeah. The so, so I know Rucker has a little bit, you know, watch him. He he's, he's a ball catcher, but I would love to see some like a little delay block go out on a little fade. I could see that all day. So um, exciting stuff. It's going to be a great game. Um, and I think, the turnovers, I know, Jake, that, you know, it's not sustainable, but I think versus this team, uh, the Giants, I think it is sustainable. I think a little Sauce Gardner welcome back game interception, I can see that totally. I can see maybe the slippery fumbles coming back uh, and us picking one up. We've been great at that this year. So I think it could be a domination on all three phases, but you don't want me to give the kiss of death. So I, I won't continue down that route. I disagree with you there. I don't think Dan- Tyrod Taylor throws the football away. That's that's the rap on Taylor. He does not throw interceptions. He doesn't take chances. And quarterbacks that don't take chances and don't throw interceptions usually don't last too long in terms of starting in the league. That's why Tyrod Taylor is your prototypical backup, right? He can come in and do the bare minimum. He'll, he'll find the open guy in the flat on any given time, right? That's why I think that, look, maybe the sack numbers won't quite be there if we don't send the blitz, man. We got to send the blitz because otherwise they're going to have all day to throw and eventually someone's just going to be open underneath and they're going to keep moving the football that way. And I don't know. I don't I don't think Tyrod's going to throw picks, man. He just does not put the football in harm's way. Maybe, yeah, look, could, could they force fumbles? Absolutely. You never know with forced fumbles, but I think the Giants are going to play this very conservatively, as are we, because we haven't really had an aggressive game plan outside of sheer desperation against Kansas City. And that's why I think the Giants are saying to themselves, look, guys, please do not play their game and put the football in harm's way. If we just simply don't make mistakes here, we believe that with our blitzes and our packages to this guy, Zach Wilson, and we can force him to make the untimed mistake, which he has over the time of his career. And that's why I think we're going to need Zach to make a play or two in this game. Just managing the game, I don't think will be good enough because that's the same formula that they're going to have. And their defense has been playing a whole lot better too. And their offensive line is getting healthier. Our offensive line has played pretty good, but our offensive line isn't necessarily stout here by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, look, Jet fans, we we have our work cut out for us. And and look, I get it. We're favored in the game, but the odds are stacked against us with the history of the franchise, especially off of a bye. They need to show that things are different and come out of this bye with a victory against the Giants. You you would you took you took a step forward last week. We cannot go three steps backwards with a loss to the Giants. Yeah, I listen. I I a hundred percent agree, and, and like I said before, that uh, that Wink Martindale blitz and defense uh, definitely definitely scares me a little bit. I will not lie to you, but um, yeah, man, we just gotta not turn the ball over, and like like Zach has been doing, he hasn't really been making too many turnover uh, turnover plays in the past couple of weeks. So hopefully, he can keep that he keep that going forward. To your point, Lo, I think that we're gonna have to survive if we start out with the ball. And just kind of that first quarter, surviving though that Wink Martindale kind of they're gonna be a going they're desperate. They're desperate. They need a win. They need it probably more than the Jets do. So I would say that, yeah, surviving that initial punch and kind of maybe demoralizing them a little bit. They gotta play from behind now. And that's why I, I said maybe a sauce gardener pick because they might have to start pushing the ball a little bit more maybe. um down the field. So um yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Look, if they do get desperate and Tyrod does have to throw the football down the field, sure, I could absolutely see it. But look, one thing I need to see is a fast start. And until I see that, we cannot be banking on that as Jet fans. It's just quite that simple. Uh, before we go here, we just got to touch on a few little uh, news notes of the week. 
Carl Lawson, why is he still here? Get, just get rid of this guy already. He doesn't have a role here. He's blocking off Will McDonald, the first-round pick, from playing. What exactly is Carl Lawson's purpose here? And if Dalvin Cook does not accept his role, I'm sorry. I, I do appreciate having the good depth behind Brees. All right? I do. Because if something were to happen to Brees, good God, we can't have Michael Carter leading the way out of the backfield. That just can't. Michael Carter's looking to be on the team. I might want to add, too, for like the 80th consecutive week here. Uh, maybe he can catch the, th the footballs thrown his way this week against the Giants. Hopefully Brees is out there on third downs. I know that Sal alluded to Abanacanda, and he said that he's still learning the protections to play. I mean, coach, guys, what are we doing here? Get Izzy up and running. Uh, do you see either of them or both of them getting traded at the trade deadline? Because I think Carl Lawson will be gone. I'm not too not too sure about Cook. Yeah, I definitely think Lawson is gone. Um, it sounds like that's what's going to happen. Listen, man, and, and and you know, Carl Lawson is he's on a um in a group where we have a lot of guys, but for Dalvin Cook, he has not played well this year or looked good this year at all. Um. So I don't I'm not sure why he's complaining about his role when when he's been out there hasn't been great. Um, I would love to see Izzy out there because I think it would be nice to have a, a change of pace um, with him and Brees. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to seeing more Dalvin touches in the next couple of weeks. I understand that. I don't if there was one over the other, I'd say Carl Lawson's gone. Um, I could see a few homes for for um, for Dalvin, but. Maybe the Ravens seem like that would be a good fit. You yeah, know, but I'm not. I'm not looking to help out though. AFC contending teams. Like exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I, I don't really, because you know he can turn it on in the right offense. Probably, maybe he is washed. I don't know. We haven't. We've seen enough of him maybe so far to say it's over. That the Vikings had the right idea by not bringing him back. But I, I would just be afraid trading him and him lighting it up for another team and. Then Brees goes down, you know, that whole nine yards. That would be devastating. So I would love to keep him as an insurance policy, um, but Carl can uh, see the door. Um, he hasn't really lived up to that contract. I know the the torn ACL set him back and put him way down the depth chart and kind of really just from the start of his Jets career didn't start off right. right. So maybe it is a change of scenery thing. He can get some more t uh, playing time and um, – you know, get back in rotation somewhere. Yeah, with Dalvin, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both where obviously he wasn't the same player, but I also just don't think the effort's there. I, I, I hate to do that with guys, but look, he signed up to play with Aaron Rodgers. This was not the situation he signed up for, and that definitely did a little something to him. And also, he probably, and, and I'm sure the Jets too, didn't expect Brees to look this good either, fresh off of a torn ACL. So this really wasn't what he signed up for. And if Rodgers was here, it would definitely be different. First of all, they'd be running more plays in general to where both would be getting enough work to be happy. And Dalvin would pretty much be in the role that he signed up to do. It's unfortunate. I would keep him as insurance because what's the best you're getting for this guy? A, a sixth round pick. I mean, look, our first round pick doesn't even get on the field here. So keeping Dalvin as an insurance policy is probably, but probably more valuable than having a late round pick or just a, a pick swap in general. I get it. If maybe like the Rams called, that's kind of like the one team where I could see maybe the Jets do a deal with because, look, I'm not helping out the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not helping out, but obviously Buffalo. I'm not helping out these AFC teams that we're battling for the playoffs for. So uh, that that can't happen. And Carl Lawson, yeah, look, if, if like the Raiders call up, or I know the Raiders are the hot team for him. I don't see this whole Hunter Renfro for Carl Lawson swap because 
Hunter Renfro's due money next year. And I have a feeling the Jets are going to make a big swing and go get Devontae Adams in the offseason. Or if they don't get Adams, they'll probably get another veteran receiver. There's plenty of them in free agency like Mike Evans, uh, Michael Pittman, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. There's plenty of receivers to go and get this offseason. So you really don't want to have $11 million tied to Hunter Renfro if you go and get him. And he's also another smaller guy. I think the Jets could use a little bit bigger guy. A, a good comparison or a guy that I've heard – linked to getting traded is Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Browns. I think that's more of what the Jets need, a guy that can go up and get it. He's got a little bit of juice down the field. He can help you out in the red zone. He's not going to cost you much. And also, look, what, what could he possibly cost you in terms of compensation along with the rookie contract being a six-round pick? I also wanted the Jets to draft Donovan Peoples-Jones that year. Instead, we were drafting punters. But still, um, I, I don't see the Jets dealing Cook, but I could see Lawson – just, just as a as a doing right by the guy, they're they're deep at pass rusher here, and Carl Lawson is as much as we think he's not the same guy. He's definitely good enough to put a jersey on on any given Sunday in the NFL. He shouldn't be an inactive. Hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree there. Yeah. Well, that will do it for tonight. Hopefully, the next time we're talking, to everybody is fresh off of a win against the crosstown rival Giants. I I don't think Jets Giants is as much of a rivalry as people think. I think it's more of a thing with the fans rather than the actual franchises. We just saw them do a trade with each other not too long ago. Leonard Williams, by the way, I don't want to see that guy's name get called for anything positive because, good God, talk about a stiff for the Jets. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Thank you all for listening to tonight's episode. Uh, Please leave us that five-star review. Follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and we will talk to everybody early next week. As always, go Jets. Go Jets. Go Jets.